Michael. I'm Marina Barnett, the commander of the ship. Do you remember what happened on the pad? I'm a launch support engineer, ma'am. How long was I out? We took off about 12 hours ago. 12 hours? I need to get back to my no. sister, please. My sister, she's alone, please. Right. I gotta get back. We're not going back. What do you mean we're not going back? This is a two-year mission. Two years is a long time to be away, but this is the opportunity of a lifetime. I can learn fast. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready too, dude. Let's do this! Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey man, I'm Brian Brush, but most importantly, do you remember that old uh, David Spade bit where on Saturday Night Live where he'd describe a movie and say, I liked it much better when it was called The uh, Martian. Yep. Uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. I don't care. I liked The Martian a lot the first time I saw it. Look forward to even even more watching it the I liked it better time. when it was called For All Mankind. <laughs> I like it better when it's like more new stuff. Yes. Actually, <laughs> what I what I took from, from that uh, trailer was that Frank Underwood didn't kill her. He just sent her to Mars. <laughs> same difference uh what are we looking at bryce so that is a trailer for the upcoming netflix film stowaway uh there's a two-year mission to mars that hits a snag when a ground support engineer accidentally gets launched while he was passed out on the ship uh they the ship has a damaged life support system though and there are now one too many people on board so what will the crew do to survive so here's the question That's april 22nd to all of our patrons respond at cordkillers at gmail.com is this a ripoff of the martian or is this a ripoff of the far out space nuts with Don Knotts? <laughs> or may I add an option? Okay, go ahead. Or is it a spinoff of United States of Tara and Tony Collette is actually all of them? Ah, oh, that would be cool. Ooh, that would be fun. Oh, Somebody's going to write a unified theory of all cinema. And oh, it's gosh. gonna be it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be like a grand oh it's gonna be string theory okay all right. uh, what what's her yeah. name is is there because they won the competition at Pitch Perfect and yes. so it's oh. her surprise she gets to go to Mars oh wait it's Anna her Kendrick. not 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 House of Cards oh, yeah not God. Anna Kendrick please no, I apologize some moment that the whole crew has to watch cheesy movies the worst they can find <laughs> all right uh, well if that's the case then we should probably get to our primary target. Last Tuesday, just nigh upon a week ago, Cineworld announced it would reopen Regal Cinemas in the United States in April. Those cinemas have been closed for six months. Warner Brothers Godzilla vs. Kong will be the first opening for a limited number of Regal locations. That will be followed by a wider reopening with Mortal Kombat on April 16th. So April 2nd for Godzilla vs. Kong, April 16th for Mortal Kombat, Regal's coming back. And while those two movies I just mentioned are still day and date releases with HBO Max, Regal announced that Warner and Regal have agreed to a 45-day theater exclusive on Warner Brothers titles starting in 2022. So we're having day and date on HBO Max till the end of the year. 2022, Regal Theaters will get a 45-day exclusive. And in fact, in the UK, they can drop that down to 31 days for lower box office titles. Man. That had everybody all excited, right? Everybody's like, oh, the, the theater owners were like, we figured it out. Every piece in our time. Then Wednesday, Disney announced it would do day and date Disney Plus premium releases along with the theatrical releases of Cruella on May 28th and Black Widow on July 9th. And the Pixar movie Luca will stream exclusively on Disney Plus in the U.S., not even going to theaters on Father's Day weekend, June 18th. Also, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings moves to September 3rd. No streaming news on that. But all of that led to condemnations from industry outlets like Deadline that one day after a sense of normalcy returned with that Warner agreement, Disney tore up that sense of security with a day-and-date situation except if you ignore the timing of these announcements, here's the situation. Warner has day and date releases until the end of the year, after which it switches to a 45-day window. And Disney has two day and date releases for a couple movies this summer, after which the window's back and it's still negotiable. But currently, Disney has the 90-day window as its only other option. They haven't announced anything else. So honestly, Disney is still giving theaters a better deal than Warner. That could change, but it hasn't, and it doesn't need to. 
Disney could come out with a 60-day window or, or do what Universal did with a 90-day window for some stuff and a sliding scale for the rest. The fact is, Black Widow couldn't wait any longer because Disney Plus series rely on it to kick off the next phase of Marvel movies. WandaVision was supposed to come out a week before Doctor Strange or maybe two. Now it's going to be a year before Doctor Strange. So Disney had to get Black Widow out and a simultaneous release is better at this point, even for theaters, than just sending it to Disney Plus only, like it did with Luca. Quick question. On the day and date releases for Disney, uh, are, are those those $30 special events? Yes, uh, watch? that's okay, right. Okay. So so even, like HBO Max is just giving it to you if you're a subscriber. Disney is putting a paywall up, like, well, you can choose to pay to go to the theater, or you can choose to pay a little more, depending on how many people you have in your household, to watch it at home. Uh, first of all, I think you're 100% right. Uh, I missed one of my best friend's weddings because we had a flat tire and uh, a friend of a friend called and said, hey, when my daughter, uh, there was some moment, whether we were there or not, and the doctor said, it's time for this baby to come. So in the case of Black Widow, let me just say, you just got the phone call. She's already killed her husband. There are 10,000 babies, most of which need to die immediately. <laughs> this baby is, it's time. It's time. Wait, how, why, why are babies dying? I, I, you lost me there. Oh, because she's a spider. Oh, 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 right. <laughs> and that's what a Black Widow is famous for doing is killing. Got it. Oh, no, oh, come on, I, yeah, Tom. No, no, I've caught no, up now. I've normally, up you're now. right there yeah. with me. Ah, yeah. that's, that's, uh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, no, I think you're 100% <laughs> right. You, 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 can't, you can't adjust the timing. Um, uh, this thing is this baby, these babies, these 9,000, all of the black widows, baby. See, now I'm making the joke in my head. They're, 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 they're all overdue. Um, so to be honest of the, of the two situations, I think that Disney has the best of both worlds in that they have refused to commit to any one path and yet they can adjust based on public opinion at any time. Uh, I think two things are going to happen. Um, uh, regardless of what everyone says, I think people are itchier to go out to the movies than they would put in a poll. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people, I, th I think we're going to see a lot of, mm, how could I put it? Um, ri ritualistic might make it sound like it's a placebo, but it's not. Uh, we're going to see ritual like a, a six foot separation and everybody wearing masks, even if you already have a vaccine or have already had the disease or whatever. But I think people are more ready to go back to the movies than they're saying out loud. So in that case, everybody, you know, the, the return of theatrical releases is a smart move. However, I believe Disney is the best position in that they've made no promises and they can make any pivot anytime they want uh, at, at, at any time. Yeah. And, and don't forget, uh, there's a few other little, little pieces to consider. AMC theaters has uh, a cut of some of the streaming, uh, I think from Warner and Universal. Uh, I don't know how long that lasts, but they could possibly try to work a deal like that with Disney as well. Uh, and, and so really all bets are off for 2021. Everybody feel like freaking out about, Oh, HBO, like, like made it better for theaters. And then Disney went and ripped it up. It's like, no, they just made, they make these decisions in reverse order. And suddenly it's Disney ripped things up, but then HBO saved it. And now we're fine. It's, it's all perception. And 2021 is a mess. Nobody knows. I, I, I think your, your, your guess about ritual behaviors and, and going to theaters is a good one, but nobody really knows what's going to happen or what the maximal thing is. Everybody's making their best educated guess about it, which means nobody's really that far off of being right. Whereas so 2022 seems, seems like, okay, 2022, people are going to go back to normal and theaters are going to want a window. Now, We've all seen that, you know, there's a lot of interest in streaming at home. So you can't, we can't live with the 90 day window anymore. That's over. But it's a matter of, is it 40? Is it 30? Is it 60? Is it a sliding scale? That's what this is all about. None of it's about what happens in 2021 because 2021 is all a crapshoot anyway. This is about when we go back to normal in 2022, which is when HBO Max stops doing day and date. What are the rules going to be? So uh, my wife tweeted me or texted me a picture of uh, she's uh, we have a Weimar honor and she texted texted me a picture from the Facebook Weimar honor group saying, how do you get your Weimar honor off of your countertops? And there's a Weimar honor, you know, comfortably seated on the countertops of a kitchen. And then uh -huh. Bonnie says, you didn't notice the important part. I was like, oh, no, I totally did. And she says, I'm not sure. And I was like, is it the fact 
that all those countertops were totally empty because they had had this happen so many times they learned to never have anything on countertops. And she goes, oh, you did. Okay. So this, <laughs> this is the empty countertops of this story is they've all written, they can say whatever they want about 2022 because the worst thing that can happen is the thing they've already done, which is decide to stop having movies anymore. Like, like you already broke that seal. So it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a hollow bluff at this point to me. The leverage is entirely in the studio's favor. Uh, the theaters still have some leverage, especially on the bigger blockbusters, because you still make a lot of money off them. Disney is not going to make as much off Black Widow as it would have had there been no pandemic. But they're in a situation where they just have to eat that and try to make as much as they can, given the, the current conditions. So that's why you see like, OK, maybe for some big blockbusters, we'll still give you the 90 day window because we need that money. Uh, but you're not going to get that for most stuff. Although Warner was able to get 45 days for everything. So now everybody, you know, Universal's over here looking at that going, oh, well, that's interesting. So, you know, OK, you know, and that's going to shake out over the, the next several years, I think. Tom, let me let me play amateur handicapper and just sort of throw out who I think is best positioned and who isn't. And you could chime in and tell me all the ways I'm wrong. Uh, I think Disney might be among the very best position in that they re refuse to commit to anything one way or the other. Uh, they have the move. Uh, I'm sure making $30 per household is just fine on day and date releases. They get to use those as, as big numbers to boost their stuff. Uh, if people do want to go to the movie theaters, they get to participate or whatever. Weirdly, I think all the movie theaters who have gotten their affairs in order, and that includes, for example, um, uh, we were lamenting the fact that Alamo Drafthouse had to file for, for bankruptcy. Reminder, bankruptcy is just a, a reallocation of debt and a, and a re-promising of how you pay stuff off. That seems to me bankruptcy is the kind of move you make when you expect you, you do it right before you're about to get out of trouble. So I think I think they're very well positioned. I think that that is an indication that movie theaters are very well positioned because whatever they're doing now, they're either closed, dor uh, fully dormant or waiting. And I think I think them waiting like uh, I, I, all, th there's a lot of 10 theater multiplexes that will open with two theaters and then they fill up. Then they add a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, like like they will respond to whatever the people want to do. I think that HBO Max early on had the advantage, but now they made promises and they kind of got to keep them. And, 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 and now they're the ones who are a little bit trapped. Uh, th those are my general feelings. How do those land? Yeah, with yeah, you? yeah. No, I see, I see where you're going for a um, couple of things occur to me. One is we are going to have fewer theaters in 2022 than we had in 2019. Uh, that was already going to happen. Theaters were kind of slowly closing here and there. Uh, this is going to accelerate that like the pandemic has done with all these trends. So there'll be plenty of you who can write in and say, you guys say theaters are going to come back, but I had three theaters within driving distance of me and now not all of them have gone out of business. That's going to happen. There's going to be people in the, that situation. But by and large, you're still going to have the majority of theaters reopen and continue to be close to as successful as they were in 2019 by the end of 2022. That's one thing I think. The other thing I think is all of these windows are not going to stay variable. I think because we had a 90 day window, not because one day everyone said 90 days is now the thing. It's because everybody had a bunch of different agreements and then they slowly nudged their agreements and changed things up and negotiated until everybody kind of coalesced or like, okay, 90 days is the thing. And that doesn't work anymore. So yeah, Warner's at a disadvantage that they signed up already. But I also think in the longer medium term run, the next three to five years, whatever it's going to be, whether it's 30, 45, 60, whatever sliding scale, like everybody's going to coalesce around that. And all the studios are eventually going to have similar deals. I think... That's very close to what I believe, except for <clears throat> you're implying uh, that we're going to go back to a 90 day window, which I don't think we'll ever quite go back to. What we'll go back to is a 30 or 60 or 90 with side benefits. You could take 30, in which case you could make all the money, but we get to participate in 20% of your profits, 60 or you could take And then we get 10% of the profits for your streaming services or 90, right. like, like the old school deal. Yeah, I, I agree. We won't go back to the 90 day window. We'll go back to something that is agreed upon. And I think it'll be more complex than the 90 day window. I think you're right. I, I, what you just described sounds like a perfectly logical 
thing to end up with, which is there are three classes of movie, uh, the 30, the 60 and the 90 day. And almost nothing is 90 day except the hugest blockbusters, a lot of stuff, 60. And then there's some 30 stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if they even come up with like clever titles for them. Sim- similar to like, like bonds are rated like a yeah. plus, 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 a plus, plus, a plus, a, and then B, which means garbage, you know, like, yeah. like they may do a sim- uh, like, like, like a, like an, uh, a, a, a double R for a romantic comedy or a, uh, no, that sounds or whatever. But, 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 but the point is like, like they'll come up with words for these various classes of movies. I yeah, think. I the mean, block they buster, that, right? the block bruiser, and the block tickler. Uh, but they have like, I mean, we we already do kind of categorize movies in that way of like, hey, this is a direct to vod film. Yeah, this yeah. is a direct to streaming thing. Like, but but, but uh, and, I think I think and, there are already classes. Maybe we don't call them things because consumers would get confused by that. But I think people on who are making these decisions do recognize that there are different levels of budgets and films yeah i think that what we're shaking off kind of like a a wet dog getting you know getting dry is we're shaking off the idea that the manner of distribution in any way is an indication of the artistic quality or the cultural significance of a movie and i do think that that really will change over the next year um but what will not change is our love for you guys the simplicity uh, and the independence that you grant us because we're both simple and independent over here at Cord Killers. Head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. Why don't you become one of our beautiful bosses? There's over a thousand of you guys. You guys keep us loud, live, and independent so that we can bring you the best in the news of how to watch what you want, when you want, whenever you want, on whatever device you please. You get our after talk. You get everything in one special RSS feed. Most importantly, you get our full attention the moment you write us an email. Nobody else gets that. Not even my wife mm-hmm. or my mm-hmm. dog. Yeah. How do I get my dog off this counter? Uh, you just clear everything off the counter. Oh. Or or implant spikes on the counter. I'm, I'm, uh, uh. But while you think about that, uh, let me just remind people that unlike the studios and the theaters, we don't lock you in a number. You want to pay nothing for the show? That's on your conscience. You want to pay a dollar? You want to pay five dollars? You want to pay a thousand dollars? You can pay whatever you want for the show. We should make Patreon. dot com slash cord killers where we pay them, but they have to wait for thirty day old news. <laughs> <laughs> you could sign up, like you could be notified of all the news, but you don't get to hear the episode for thirty. There's days. a window on our, on our cord killers episodes. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll pay you a dollar if you let us know. Now we go broke because <laughs> <laughs> I'd take, I'd take that deal. Uh, Patreon.com slash cord killers. Thanks to everybody who does support us. We love you. We appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you, frankly. Let's talk about how to watch. Speaking of numbers, uh, we get some numbers about streaming services these days, you know, audience numbers. Many of those are self-reported. Marvel just self-reported that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was Disney Plus's most watched series premiere yet, followed by WandaVision and the Mandalorian. Now, when I say we got numbers, Disney didn't give any actual numbers. Uh, Heck, it didn't even clarify if it was WandaVision or Mandalorian in second. They just said Falcon and the Winter Soldier beat these other two in no particular order. For numbers, you have to look at Nielsen, uh, which surveys a handful of outlets. They don't do all the streaming services yet. Or something like Samba TV. Samba TV uses data collected from smart TVs. And Samba says 1.8 million households watched at least five minutes, if not more, of Zack Snyder's Justice League in its premiere weekend. And that is behind the 2.2 million that watched at least five minutes or more of Wonder Woman 1984 on its premiere weekend back in December. Now, while I think most of us are curious what shows get watched the most, I've always argued that beyond occasional PR considerations, streaming services don't need and don't have any motivation to share those numbers outside of their own walls, especially if they're not selling ads. So it struck me as unusual when last week, the UK Parliament's Digital Culture, Media and Sport Committee, the DCMSC, said broadcasters, including the BBC, ITV, Channel 4, and Channel 5 had a right to know how shows that they originally commissioned are performing on major streaming services like Amazon, like Netflix, and the committee recommended introducing legislation to force them to do it. This came as part of a report on public service broadcasters in the UK. You probably already know that BBC is a public service broadcaster in its entirety, but Channel 4 
also a public broadcaster, although it generates its revenue from commercials, not from government-collected licenses like the BBC, and even privately owned channels like ITV and Channel 5 have public service broadcasting requirements. So it applies in various ways. It applies entirely to the BBC, applies a little less to ITV, but it applies to all of them. So the idea that the UK's Digital Culture, Media, and Sport Committee is putting forth is that if there is content required by and often funded by the government, the viewing on other platforms should be accounted for in evaluating how well those programs did at achieving the goal of reaching a worldwide audience with British culture. Uh I understand the impulse and, and we're going to go in reverse order. So I'm going to start off sounding like I have one position, but I ultimately have a totally different one um, uh, uh, going in reverse order. Um, this is the dumbest law I've heard in the last 30 minutes, uh, specifically because you already have whatever agreement you're going to have. It's called a contract in which you can write. You will pay us X number of dollars and give us the numbers. And then on top of that, it's like, well, if we give you the numbers, you might just run off and then publish them however you want. You're like, you're right. How about we write a clause where you pay less, but we have the right to give the numbers, or you pay more, and we don't have the right to share the numbers. In either case, it's called a, a mutually agreed upon consent between two parties. So so that that's all dumb as hell, and I hate everything about it. However, um, there's a temptation to want to believe that that uh that the the nielsen dynamic the arbitron numbers the popularity contest doesn't matter and i'm here to say it does matter it does matter because at the end of the day all forms of artistic expression are human expressions and as humans one thing we all deeply value is knowing that we're part of a community and that we're making a bet that won't make us look like a sucker. And, and what I'm talking about, as many people will guess by now, is we're talking about the importance of social proof, the reason we have laugh tracks, the reason we trust Yelp, the reason uh, 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 we trust our friends when they recommend The reason things. we have follower counts and everybody pays attention to them, yeah. That's correct, there's a value to that. And, and, uh, and yes, you are right, Tom, uh, any streaming service, owns their own data and they can choose to share or not share it. What I think we're seeing and we'll see over the next couple of years, this is pure speculation on my part, is for a long time, uh, Netflix realized they could, uh, there was more value in the mystery of how well they're doing by their refusing to share any numbers. And then, and then they realized, okay, now there's value in sharing the numbers, but now we're in the age, and I think it's this past year and this probably is this next year before we get a little more jaded, where we're just excited to hear anything. So we're gonna, but, but I think over the next year, we're gonna figure out, oh wait, you can really carefully craft your words where it's like most viewer minutes ever, more people than ever watched the first five minutes outperformed blank and blank for in credit watching like like and then all of a sudden you don't care and and our appetite for that so, social proof as customers will 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 pivot but but for right now i don't know it seems like everybody's playing fair except for people who are passing laws saying that international acting uh, 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 corporations need to behave a certain way yeah uh hmm. interesting uh, there's there's a lot to respond to there uh, on the one hand uh I can see the committee saying, sure, uh, you could sign contracts that require the numbers, but that's going to lower the amount we get. And we don't want that. Uh, we're having a hard enough time funding the BBC as it is with these licenses. We need we need them to get the most out of it. But if we pass a law and BBC can go, not our fault, it's just the law, then maybe we get more money. Uh, that's a possibility. I'm not, I'm not saying that's what actually is happening. Also, I think they could pass a law and the it could be what they're they're thinking here. They could pass a law that says, hey, ITV, BBC, Channel 5, you can't sign any contracts where you don't get numbers. Would, you, would that make it more palatable if the law applies to the domestic broadcasters, not to the international corporations? That, that, that sounds like every dumb law that says, unless your vaccine is 100% egg-free, nobody in Texas will get it because some of us have egg allergies. And no, so no, no. Uh, this like, is I, saying this is saying uh, to we're like we need the numbers for for the for the public oh, service broadcast. The they want the numbers. The the producers want the numbers. No, no, no. I'm saying the government's saying we need these numbers for our our domestic reasons because we're funding in part 
your content. And so you are required to give them to us. Get them however you can. Ooh, that's not bad. Okay, so, so uh, man, that's closer to something okay. Because if you're the one who has the, uh, uh, as economists call it, the power of the purse strings, uh, if you're the ones writing the check, whether you're a private entity or the government, then it does seem fair when you go to, uh, you know, the producers of the bodyguard or whatever, and, and say, yeah, then you get to say, look, I'm going to write this check. You're going to make this show. But yeah. wherever it goes, you tell us how many people saw it, because that's one of yeah. the things we're buying is eyeballs. Um, now, granted, writing a, we're oversimplifying when we say writing a check, because in BBC, writing a check means we let you go collect license fees. Yeah. It doesn't actually get a check. It also means we let you use Spectrum for broadcasting, which might not be that valuable later, later on. Right. So Bri it gets Bri nebulous when Bryce you look too close clearly has an it. opinion in the chat. What's, what, uh, what's up? <laughs> oh, okay. I put it in the chat because that's where it went. Uh, we know that ten. Uh, it, it would be very weird if twenty years from now, where streaming is is even bigger, that these companies won't just be giving out the numbers to all of the people that it's commissioning, right? I mean, that's it. it seems uh, uh, improbable to me that there will be a that this is the end of the road on getting numbers, right? I don't. I think eventually something will happen, and they will just give out the numbers. So just do it. Just give them out. Like, it, what, but, I mean, but, but clearly it's so important to you that they have value. So if I'm Netflix or Disney plus or anybody who's, who's buying, you know, local streaming rights, okay. then, then uh, why would I give them it? Like, clearly you want to, you want an extra grande, large coffee. Uh, -huh. uh I, 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 I don't just give those out. I mean, I have one here, but you would but, think but, you but, would, because we are in a, not an adversarial relationship. You are asking to buy my product and I would like to know what product does best what product ex, uh, over ex, overperformed and underperformed. And if you're the only one who holds that, then maybe I'll go to someone else who will give me some numbers. Or yeah. I'll just rely on these third parties that we report on every week well, who give us these kind of questionable numbers. But at the end of the day, they are going to... It was a good save, They're going the to way. squeeze... Okay, I was going to walk by it, but yeah. they, we're, those are going to squeeze out the, 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 this tight grip. I mean, I mean yes, it, yes, it does have value. It also has value to be on Netflix, but Netflix doesn't charge people to be on Netflix. Netflix pays for content. Um, yeah, I, I have questions about that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some, <laughs> and, and, and if they were doing it, they certainly wouldn't report on it. But, but um, I can imagine certain properties that would pay Netflix to be on Netflix. I, I'm just saying that, that this, it, it, if you think that the numbers are always going to be in, in a tight group, you know, in, in Netflix's grip forever, and everyone will just hold all their numbers secret forever... Uh, then I, I don't think there's any change in your mind. But I don't think that that's what's going to happen in the next five, 10 or 20 years. And I think- Honestly, I, I, I think if Nielsen, if Nielsen would do a more comprehensive reporting, which I know they eventually will do, uh, I mean, that's close enough, right? Like that, sh that should be good or, enough for this or, committee. Or, or even like, I wouldn't be surprised to see like an open source alternative to Netflix where it's like, hey- install this app, uh, join the P2P network, uh, and, and we're going to do some sampling based on how many of you are on it. We're going to listen to whatever it is you're watching. I think that's how most of those work now. Just that's how like Samba apps. works. Essentially. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, just uh, using uh, your smart TV OS. Yeah. Right. right. And it's, it's free to everyone or, or like, like, uh, well, the, who, who, this, get, who gets paid in that scenario? Well, it's not open source, but I don't think the idea right. has to be open source necessarily. Right. I guess what I'm saying is, is when enough pressure happens, uh, a, a new challenger arrives. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. so I, I don't think that we need, um, you know, the hammer of law <laughs> to, to say, you must give us numbers or whatever. We're, uh, knowing that, that, you know, eh, give us 20 minutes. We'll, we'll get those numbers. It'll be fine. I, 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 I tend to agree with you. I do think it's interesting that that question of, hey, we set up a system where it's easy to make this kind of content. Uh, in, 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 it, it gets complex because Channel 5 is different than ITV is different than Channel 4 is different than BBC. But the government has a, a way of encouraging all of that. And they're saying the least you can tell us is how well that's doing, because that may help us when we are advising on what kind of content to make in the future. 
Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, a lot of this comes down to, like, budgets. How much did you budget for a show yeah. of this genre, of this And they're doing talent? a lot of work on how much, how to fund the BBC right now. And I think that really is probably the root so of most of this. I, th I think we're, what, the, the, the only split I'm hearing uh, uh, between our uh, split hairs is, is uh, uh, whether you use legislation or, or a top-level mandate for all of your negotiators, where it's like you, you mandate, hey, whatever deal you work out, just make sure we get the numbers. And and in that case, that's that's fine. That's that's running yeah. it like a business. I feel like that would be a way to achieve the goal without with while limiting the the uh, unintended consequences. And yeah. and this is not legislation. This is a committee saying that the committee there is recommending be. legislation. Right. But this is the committee not is saying you should have this. Right we recommend there be legislation that makes it happen. Yeah. Well, th this two third, one third of this committee disagrees. <laughs> I actually, I don't want to speak for you, Tom. I'm just saying I disagree. There shouldn't be legislation. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. A red band first full trailer for James Gunn's Suicide Squad was released. It shows Killer Shark, voiced by Sylvester Stallone, and, you know, a bunch of other famous folks, uh, some of whom were in the previous Suicide Squad, some of whom were not, all of whom, except for Harley Quinn, are possibly going to die in the story. We have no idea until we see it. Also, Steely Dan's Dirty Work is the new Hooked on a Feeling. Did you watch this, Brian? I did. Uh, you want to take a guess on how I felt about it? Meh. Tom? Yeah? It has been a year since my jaw literally dropped at a trailer. Oh. I loved this trailer so much. <gasps> I didn't really? realize how much I missed the artistic voice of James Gunn. And yes, all he does is take modern beat-em-ups and put your dad's music to it. But think about it, man. Uh, 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 20, 2015, I think it was. No, 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 2014, uh, you and I went and saw the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and my daughter would have been like, uh, I don't know, my eldest would have been like 12 at the time. Now she's going to be like 18 when this comes out. It's exactly right. I mean, everything about this feels so right. I'm unbelievably excited i'm not a fan of the dcu i don't like the dc characters i don't like the dc universe i do love james gunn and also the notoriety that he's picked up by being fired by marvel is all being cashed in right now because it's it's this sinister kind of awful it's bad guys doing bad oh it's so good oh my god i, I just want to watch it again and again and again i'm so excited I was definitely charmed by this trailer myself. Uh, I'm a big fan of the killer shark character from the Harley Quinn animated show. Uh, so even though it's not the same character at all, I was like, oh, look, killer shark. Uh, I, I like that. Harley Quinn, they, Margot Robbie has done amazing things with that character. Uh, and that that scene where she's like, oh, you guys were, in, oh, I could go back inside. I was Loved it. I loved feel it. like so, yeah. anytime you're about to say something nice, you could just begin the sentence with Margot Robbie and then just stop talking <laughs> because, yeah. because we get it. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, spinoff of What We Do in the Shadows called Wellington Paranormal, I think we mentioned it on the show uh, before, uh, follows two of the police officers from the movie What We Do in the Shadows who investigate supernatural occurrences in the capital of New Zealand. Uh, it's been on TVNZ2 in 28, since 2018. I think they're about to go into their third series there. And now has been jointly acquired by the CW and HBO Max. So shows will air on the CW starting this summer. They'll go back to season one and then be available for streaming on the CW app and HBO Max the next day. An interesting collaboration of the CW, which is co-owned by Warner Brothers and Viacom CBS, uh, in this case, to benefit HBO Max, not Paramount+. Plus. Tom, there, there are some times I, I feel like it's best for me to not speak because uh, I care too much. And in this case, I care too much about uh, the... In anything that is born from what we do in the shadows. Uh, I and love everything. This isn't new. I, you could, you could, you know, travel to New Zealand and watch, uh, watch all these right now. They've been around and it's apparently pretty well respected enough that it caused these companies to want to pay, bring it over. Well, Tom, you know what? I think it would be irresponsible in the pandemic for me to go to New Zealand. I just wish there was a way for me to tunnel right down there just put my mm. head up and watch some stuff and then come back like virtually tunnel mm. right so you mm. wouldn't actually have to go there in, in you know a private, I used to live in Norway? private way really yeah, yeah. Uh, i i'm actually a one-third nord 
Uh, which third? Um, this arm. <laughs> I, I, do, I do the, the shark bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is your hand. Uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus will start production in April. And they've made some casting announcements. Uh, it will include Joel Edgerton, Bonnie Pierce, Kumail Nanjiani, among others, uh, along with, of course, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, which we already knew. Edgerton and P.S. Uh, played the young Owen and Baru Lars in Revenge of the Sith. So that implies we're going back to the farm. Uh, no clue what Nanjiani's role will be. They didn't say that. I'm normally allergic to anything that worships the original trilogy, but but they're they're doing real good work over at Disney Plus. So I'm I'm still I'm I'm cautious I'm much, much, much more cautiously optimistic about this one than than Wellington Paranormal. I'm a little I mean, I guess you can't have an Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine story without having Owen and Baru. Right. Right. Or they gotta show up at least Cantina or yeah. yeah. Right. Uh so that's fine. Very, very curious. I love Camille Nanjani. I'm very curious uh, what he'll be playing. Indeed. Dwayne Johnson is playing, no doubt about this, Black Adam in the upcoming DC movie and announced Sunday before one of the NCAA tournament games that the movie will arrive July 29th, 2022. So not this July, next July. The announcement was made in a television spot, an Instagram post, on Twitter, and in a Times Square digital display in New York. Interestingly, July 29th is also when the next Indiana Jones movie is penciled in for a release. So now the staring contest begins uh, between Warner and Disney. Man, it feels like this kind of like tiptoe slow walk back to the old days of properly hyping things, you know, right? where it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, no, make it look like a big deal, but don't show any people because then everyone's going to argue about how close they are and how many masks are being worn or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, instead have Dwayne Johnson, uh, you know, uh, banter with the people who cover basketball and then also go, oh, by the way, July 29th, see you there. <laughs> George R. R. Martin has signed a new five-year deal with HBO so that all those Game of Thrones spinoff ideas are still on solid ground. Uh, Martin, of course, also developing non-Song of Ice and Fire ideas there as well. He's the executive producer of Who Fears Death and Road Marks, uh, both of which are in development. So I guess no big surprise here, but worthy of note. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know that we've had this discussion out in public, but it's like, I, I wouldn't begrudge George. If look, George R. R. Martin doesn't know you nothing. So if he never wants to finish any book, never, and just do a bunch of HBO deals for the rest of his life, good on him. I, I, I wish him the well. Also, I, I hasten when everybody goes, Oh, why is he doing this instead of the book? Like, I know he's taking a long time on the book, but he can do both. Pe people can be executive producers on things and also write things. Right. Like it ha well, happens all the time. Uh, I, you know, if I saw George R. R. Martin out eating a sandwich, I wouldn't be like, why are you eating that sandwich right. instead of writing a book? Like, also, yeah. also, here's what executive producing looks an awful lot like. You walk into a meeting, you sit down for two hours. You're like, look, just don't do this. Please do more of this more of these one third that this the other thing get back to me then you sit down in front of a typewriter and then you type for a bit the rest of the day three weeks later there's another meeting and you say guys i told you this is like this is like two-thirds this one thing i only want one third of it okay anyway bye back to the typewriter yeah it's uh, there are, there's a lot of time during the week when brian and i are not doing cord killers that's not true that's not true that's the one exception. We are constantly <laughs> doing it at all 24 times. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, a few other notes here. The Witcher Blood Origin has casted Vikings actor Lawrence Uferin. Uh, the video game Ghost of Tsushima is getting a movie adaptation uh, from the director of John Wick. Amazon is going to stream 21 regular season Yankees baseball games on Prime Video. More sports coming to Prime Video. Disney Plus will make a National Treasure TV series with Mara Nair to direct and focusing on a character named Jess Morales, who is a 20-year-old who came to the U.S. as a child and is undocumented. He's a dreamer. Sony Pictures is working on Bewitched, uh, a movie based on the classic TV series. The next seasons of The Circle and Too Hot to Handle are going to happen and also be released over the course of a month instead of all at once. Not one episode a week in bunches, but still, The Circle will release starting April 14th through May 5th. And HBO dropped a full trailer for the new sci-fi period drama, The Nevers, coming April 11th to HBO and HBO Max. So 
I only watched the first National Treasure, and I thought it was awful. And yet, then I closed my eyes and imagined everything I saw in that first National Treasure as a CW series, and it sounds fun as hell. And I just love it. And it's like, I think TV is the right place for that, and I think I'd like it a lot more. I uh, recently watched the first third of National Treasure <laughs> because my wife had to for work uh, and then stopped at a third. And she's like, yeah, I don't need to watch anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. And it was fine. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, I mean, it's not good, but it's kind of a fun concept. So I totally get what you're saying, where it's like, it's not a good movie. I don't think it's a good movie. But the concepts are kind of fun. And I could see them doing something in a lower stakes situation like a TV series on Disney plus I Disney also, plus though, Disney plus a little more prestige. I don't know. I, please, please don't fight about politics in your art, but I kind of dig the idea of, Hey, what if we had a character, you know, who reminded us of what it is we love about America and want to be here and study it. For example, we were talking before the show about how we're doing a silly uh, March legally obligated pause madness uh, bracket of uh, <clears throat> constitutional amendments over on the politics, politics, politics stream. And it has forced us to actually read them and evaluate, like, how do you define greatest amendment? Is it efficacy? Is it, uh, is it foundational? Is it, is it the greatest correction? Is it the one that's best enforced or whatever? And I, I love the thoughtfulness that is brought, brought to it. And I think that in a television show, you could convey all that nuance in a way that's not all explosions and puzzles like we saw in the movies. Well, especially when you're talking about a, a, a story f founded around, you know, the precepts of the founding of the United States of America, the Declaration of, you know, it's so it's so filled with all of that stuff. About a bunch you create of traitors, a lot of really interesting scenarios. What's, yes, right. Traitors to their own country. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and, and, and uh, got kicked out of every respectable country on earth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. Brian, what have you been watching? Uh, quick, quick nod. I'm checking out that new Q docuseries on HBO Max. Man, I, I, for, I, I'm really trying to hate HBO Max. I hate everything about the way they launched Are you it. trying to hate that, it? You know I'm, you like it. I'm trying. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, He's look. trying not to be the shepherd. Uh, 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 you keep uh, saying uh, you like it. Girl, wait, like, I wait. can't quit you. I'm just saying. I just keep <laughs> showing up. Uh, but 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 I do want to give a tip of the hat to, uh, I think previously I talked about how good uh, the first Captain America holds up. Uh, I, I tried to get my eldest to watch um, uh, uh, The Winter Soldier because that's the highest rated of the Captain America series. And and we only made it halfway through, but for the best possible reason. We kept having, she kept saying, why do they have to do that? And then I pause and it's like, okay, uh, 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 the, the visual language is, is lyrical. There's timing. How else in three seconds can you communicate this this shield or this, this window is about to break. Uh, well, you can you can you know show it visually. You can have the computer say shield integrity at ten percent, and and there's all these different tricks. And it's like, but it's so artless. And when I, I was like, sweetie, if you were writing a book, you could take paragraph after paragraph or whatever. But it's like it's I it it ended up being like. Uh, a basic film tutorial for my 17 oh, year old. It was great. And the funniest part was we only made it halfway because then it got really cheesy with this dude who lives in a computer. And I realized the real magic trick was that they managed in the first half of that movie to make me forget it's a comic book movie. <laughs> like, I think I'm lost in this, this, this born assassination movie. And it turns out to be a comic book movie. It's great. Uh, I want to shout out the yin yang master, a movie, uh, a martial arts movie that I watched on Netflix. Uh, it's based on, on one of those old tales, uh, that gets remade. In fact, I think there's another movie on Netflix that I watched not too long ago based on the same tale. Uh, but this is a different telling of it. Uh, and it's basically a city is guarding an ancient evil, uh, and that evil gets out and then they have to stop it. Uh, and a discredited city guard uh, teams up with a discredited uh, former uh, martial arts master. Uh, and they they are the only ones who can save the world and they save the world. And it, it's uh, it's it's full of really good fights. If you if you want really good martial arts fight scenes, uh, check out the Yin Yang Master. It's on Netflix right now. Right on. 
What should we be on the lookout for, Bryce? Hey, I got a pick for you guys today. Uh, last week, I had the pleasure of sitting down to watch a uh, 2018 uh, indie, indie, low, low budget <laughs> sci-fi film uh, called Prospect. Uh, have you guys heard of this at all? No. Out of the corner of my eye for a second, I thought we were looking Sounds at Monster, familiar. but 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 it does sound familiar. I haven't uh, seen it, though. So this is a, a, about a father and daughter team who go uh, planet side for one last haul. Uh, they've only got three days to go to the planet and harvest uh, goods and, and do work. Uh, uh, they have to go and do stuff. This is going to be their one big payday, and then they're finally done. Right. They have, Surely nothing will go wrong. And uh, and if they miss their ride, then zoom, the the space colony is leaving. So they, 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 they're kind of uh, racing against the clock here. I think what I really like about this is this is definitely a a small scale uh, sci-fi movie. There's not a lot of explosion and, and spectacle to it uh, versus something like a guardians of the galaxy or like uh, what was the Nolan space film, whatever that was um, it, it, interstellar but, interstellar. Thank you. It's not that big. This is some wilderness and they've painted some planets in the sky. Uh, but what I think is really interesting is that this is pretty much a, uh, this is literally a space Western. This is just a Western film with spacesuits, uh, and they're in a fern forest and there are some spaceships around. And, and I think that's really good. Like, I think the act, the, uh, I think Sophie Thatcher, Jay Duplass and, and Pedro Pascal, who oh, are, that is okay. So that is Pedro Pascal. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I think they do a really good job in, in, in showing off these characters and, and setting up a, a, an interesting situation on this, on this planet where they only have Wait, so long. And so, just just from watching the trailer you were playing while you were describing it, is it the treasure of the Sierra Madre? That's what it looks like. Uh, like I don't. They go up to question. find the secret they're, they're, gold, they're, and then they don't trust each other, and they no. get in a standoff. No, 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 no. Okay, I'll, say, right, I'll right. say that it's not that. Um, Got it. Uh, uh, one one question. Okay. Um, it, should 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 I bring? Uh, 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 you know my family. Should I go in blind and with which members? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know the family right, that uh, well. Uh, let the, I would say, uh, you, uh, Your Honor, let the record show that Bryce looked at his watch when I asked that question. Go ahead. My, it buzzed. <laughs> it's seven o'clock. It buzzed. Uh, I, 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 I think you can. There's some violence. There's not too much. Oh, or, no, no, I just mean is it, good, is it good enough for me to say, guys, let's go in blind? I, I, sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I'm having to talk around this movie a little bit because even the conceit of it, I watched the trailer Got beforehand it. and I was like, oh, I really didn't like knowing that all that um and and i don't Perfect. i think it's a pretty short i think it's nice in 90 minutes or something but I, I think it's a really cool concept uh that they execute on very well for um kind of taking taking just this little story and, and putting I, I think it's really cool um i watched it on netflix it's on netflix right now it is not a netflix original or exclusive or anything so you may have to check something like just watch to see your availability in your region, but I was able to find it on Netflix. It's called Prospect. Uh, if you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. I have been having some lovely email conversations with people where I send an email to them on Friday, and usually that's just filled with like, here's some of the stuff I did this week. Here's what's going on in my life. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm watching on TV. Uh, and then they just email me back, and they're like, hey, I have a thought about that thing you said you were watching, or here's a question. Uh, if you would like to be part of that, again, it's easy. Uh, you don't even need my email address. You just go to freetomnewsletter.com and uh, put your email address in, and then I'll email you on Friday, and we can start talking. Oh, man. Talk talk about a spoiler. I was going to ask how I got in there, but now I know. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. but and, and the way we've gotten here is thanks to the largesse of our friends over at Doghouse Systems. Head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. That's R-O-G-U-E. Look, man, they loaned us all the equipment that goes into this production. Uh, 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 sooner or later, you need a computer. Uh, their customer service is absolutely unmatched. They take so good care of you. You're going to love it. Let's now move on to the front lines. My uh, my doc wouldn't scroll, and I forgot what the segment was called for a second. <laughs> uh, Amazon's new Fire TV interface is rolling out to the Fire TV Stick 4K and both generations of the Fire TV Cube. Plans are to bring it to the second-gen Fire TV Stick and Fire TV Smart TVs later this year. The UI includes user profiles, an updated home screen, uh, and originally launched on third-gen Fire TV Stick and Fire TV Stick Lite last year. Uh, meanwhile, NBC Universal told advertisers last week that Peacock now has 35 million signups, up from 33 million at the end of 2020. That includes free and paid users. 
ooh, that's not as fast a growth as I would have expected. It's not. Uh, also, wife works for an NBC Universal owned company. Uh, it's not. But they make money <laughs> on those free users. I mean, they are serving ads. They do. Sure, sure, they sure, do. sure, sure, sure. Uh, and it is only domestic. This is not international. I mean, Disney Plus has more than 100 million subscribers, but it's in multiple countries. So, uh, but, but, but I, 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 I guess what I'm saying is um, uh, around nine months ago, we would have predicted a, a lot more ballistic of a, of a I think so. Rate. Yeah. 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 Especially with the free version, right? Because that makes it easy to, to try. Right. Uh, Disney Plus has more than 100 million subscribers, as I just mentioned, and is raising its prices to rake in more money off of them in the United States. A buck, a buck a month or $10 a year. Uh, if you get in the bundle, the one with Hulu, that'll be $13.99 a month. Or if you want no ads, that's $19.99 a month. Uh, also, ESPN Plus and Disney Plus now available on Comcast's Xfinity X1 boxes, as well as in the Comcast Flex streaming service. Part of me wants to say, uh, smart move, Disney. I mean, a, a, a buck a month, no, nobody's going to care. You've got a great that's all service, they ask. right? But then another part of me thinks, what if that buck comes out of my pocket? And I just want to say, Disney, you just watch it. We've been friendly so far. I need you to keep it together. All right? Yeah, they're going to raise the price on you, too. Dang just... <laughs> okay. <laughs> HBO Max is adding audio described content to make it accessible to blind and visually impaired users. That applies to HBO and Max Originals, Warner Brother Films, and some but not all acquired content. Netflix, Apple TV, Prime Video, and Hulu all offer audio description tracks as well. I'm, I'm waiting for podcasts. I'm waiting for RSS feeds. I'm waiting for some kind of like, I'm out on my bike, and you're just describing all my favorite shows, and that's good enough for me. T-Mobile announced it's going to stop offering T-Vision, the streaming service. As of April 29th, uh, T-Mobile will give T-Vision users $10 off YouTube TV or Philo as an alternative. Uh, all T-Mobile subscribers will get that same discount starting April 6th. But if you're a T-Vision subscriber, you can take advantage of it right now. This is the one, remember, where they had the clever thing where like, all of those uh, troublesome Viacom channels are over in a separate package. So we're honoring the deal. And Viacom's like, no, no, you have to have us in your regular package. And apparently they couldn't make the math work because after they put it in the regular package, uh, it lasted six months uh, or so. I mean, I, 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 I don't know who I'm grunting for. <laughs> like, they're, 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 they're whatever, bunch of moneyed people have confusing moneyed problems. Less, less competition <laughs> for these streaming services would be what I would be grunting for were I to be grunting, and I am. Yeah, let's all grunt. Hulu's uh. Android TV app has been struck, uh, stuck at 720p for a while, but it's been updated to support 1080p streaming. The device must also be able to stream it, but will definitely uh, include the N NVIDIA Shield TV and Tony, uh, sorry, Sony Bravia TVs, as well as Google TV devices, which run on Android TV. Hulu offers 4K on Android for the Chromecast Ultra. Uh, I got a little bit fumbled because about halfway through, um, uh, I, I suddenly remembered that 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 you just joined a, a secret club of, of VR enthusiasts, uh, and uh, uh, there's something called Big Screen that I'm trying real hard to figure out how to make good because right now it's like it, it mostly works and then it melts down or whatever and mm -hmm. and and I, what i want is for 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 me and everybody else uh experience i got distracted sorry uh, uh, good for you hulu yeah but 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 yeah. meanwhile tom we got to do big screen and putt putt it, it'd be great <laughs> android's over like hey our hulu's now 1080p and brian's like yeah i've moved on to virtual reality yeah. <laughs> i don't even <laughs> exist in your kind world of, anymore sorry that's kind of literally what just happened <laughs> yeah all right let's get to the dispatches from the front So Brian invited folks who have uh, bandwidth caps to write in with their experiences. You want to tag team these, Brian? I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, start yeah, with yeah. Kim. And, and, and to, to be clear, um, uh, it, this was not me proclaiming that uh, uh, I don't believe in Sasquatch. Uh, it was more like, man, I, I ain't seen Sasquatch in a dog's age. Uh, is he still out there? So that that was what caused me to solicit stuff like, uh, for example, Kim is a teacher who did a test back in 2009 by using a Roku to stream all of her entertainment and whatever went over the cap uh, uh, and never went over the cap the entire 
entire time. Uh, she canceled cable and never went back and has never gone over her data cap. The only times she did go over data cap were uh, during the uh, tax day flood, uh, Memorial Day flood, and Hurricane Harvey. <laughs> With each of those, uh, she says she had entertainment going on the iPad while using the phone to check local news and connect people to uh, uh, connect with people uh, asking for help. AT&T lifted their caps during Harvey and and also the others. So apparently. Um, apparently, uh, as long as it's business as usual, she never had a problem. And when it when she did have a problem, it was not business as usual. And all she had to say was backseas. And they said, sure, backseas. Uh, Anonymous in Atlanta had a different experience. Uh, used to have a business plan, so didn't worry about caps, but then changed jobs and moved house and lost that plan. Uh, they used to bump up against the cap until Comcast increased it. And then for several years, they stopped thinking about it because the new increased cap was big enough. However, during lockdown, they hit it again. But during lockdown, Comcast stopped enforcing it until they started enforcing it again. And Anonymous in Atlanta got hit with a $60 overage. Anonymous wrote, this topic all came up because of AT&T no longer zero rating HBO Max. My wife is a Warner Media employee working on projects directly related to HBO Max, so Max hit us twice on our cap. Brian, I play her the portions of the show where you talk about Max often. She is happy that you've softened on it and wants me to tell you that with a few of the recent additions like Warrior being Cinemax shows, they are getting closer to solving the problem you always had with the name. You know, and, and weirdly... Even if it was a retcon, I would be more okay with the name if because everybody assumed it's like, no, HBO plus Cinemax, HBO Max makes sense. And it's like, no, that's not what they're doing. But but if it becomes true, then whatever, that's fine. Uh, it's 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 HBO Endgame. Uh, Glenn writes in saying we have broadband from Comcast with 1.2 terabyte cap per month. As of January 1st, 2021, Comcast rolled out data caps to all remaining customers nationwide. So they're increasing the use of data caps, not they're increasing the use of data caps, not lessening them with remote school via Zoom, my work at home, all the streaming video usage. I have to be very conscious about usage as we're approaching the end of each month to avoid going over. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Glenn, and thank you for being our boss. Um, we talked a bit about this almost a year ago where um, we had problems on this very stream because uh, uh, theoretically we had plenty of upstream bandwidth, but then after two months of every single week talking to customer service, eventually they confessed, uh, Spectrum confessed, yeah, hey, uh, we can't say this publicly, but none of us can provide the upstream simultaneous bandwidth that the whole world is asking for right now. And obviously, you know, uh, down the road, it seems like we're in a better place, but that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, uh, although when they said that, they meant in your neighborhood because most places didn't have those problems. Uh, so I don't know, maybe it was your nose. I, I, I was told, I was told that there were nationwide level meetings of mm. it managers, uh, between all the networks saying like, Hey, uh, we've all over promised on our upstream bandwidth and everybody's using zoom now. And so suddenly everybody's, oh, I, I don't doubt that those yeah. meetings happened. Uh, but, but the, I remember doing a story on daily tech news show mid last year that was like, Hey, the internet didn't melt down. Like they were able to provide service and there was virtually no problem there. There were sporadic problems here and there, which you were a victim of, but, yeah. but mostly it actually held up. Uh, and then Dan who lives in central Georgia in a somewhat rural area said, we currently have two options. Reliable high-speed fiber with data caps or unreliable cable without data caps. We ended up choosing the fiber and I just monitor our monthly usage. So. Uh, quick tip of the hat to Andy Beach, who sent in this incredible breakdown of how um, closed captioning works, reminding us that closed captioning is an alternative to open captioning, open captioning being when things are hard burned into, like when you picture, uh, I don't know, you see like a, a movie set in Vietnam, there's always like like seven different languages across the bottom, that's hard captioning. Uh, uh, the uh, 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 closed captioning, um, I mean, you probably could sum summarize this better than me, Tom. Yeah, I tried to. Uh, closed captions, as we used to think of them in the analog days, writes Andy, this is not me talking, uh, were called 608 or line 21 as they were visibly delivered into the TV set in a part of the video image that fell outside the normal display area. When we moved to digital broadcast, 708 standard was cre created. Instead of a visible image that had to be read by the system, it was a digital signal embedded in the MPEG transport stream. And now with the internet, 
There was no standard for how text was transmitted or rendered until approximately 2015. Up to that point, the closest we had to a standard was timed text, TTML, which was an extension of HTML that was proposed in early 2000 by the WC3. Wow. Finally, in 2015, the WC3, HBO, and Netflix shared an Emmy for their work standardizing TTML, which was published as TTML2 and has become how closed captioning is delivered to web clients. As I mentioned above, there are three likely devices in the playback loop that could render your content over the air, the TV itself, which would know how to render 708cc, the digital closed caption. And the next in the chain is the device, your TiVo, your Xbox, your Roku, or your Fire Stick. All these devices have their own operating system and some notion of a default media player and service might choose to utilize that, in which case, both in the app and probably at the global setting of the device, you could turn on or off captions. And then there's the app itself. If they're using a custom player, it isn't really connected to the system reference media player. And therefore it doesn't know how to respect the setting you made at the operating system level. So instead the devs need to add the ability in the app to turn on. For both of these last options, device and app, there are some variant of TTML2 captions being used most likely, and their specs are closely aligned with whatever protocol is delivering it. He also jokingly said, let me know when you want to record a know a little more segment on captions. Uh, and I have scheduled that. So Andy I, will be was, appearing in an episode say, of Know A Little More. I forget what the movie was, but I remember it was some ripoff of, of The Exorcist. And uh, the priest says, don't you ever invite the devil into your heart because <laughs> he will accept. <laughs> the moment I read that's that, I was me. like, well, that's happening. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 it's on my calendar. So look for that uh, in a future Know A Little More uh, podcast episode. Uh, folks, uh, we should have Ayaz Akhtar on the show next week. Looking forward to that. Our website is courtkillers.com. Our email address is courtkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack. Also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you again next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children no not my wife i know what you're saying i love our five dollar patrons these are the people that keep us live and independent thank you so much five dollar patrons you know what i love them more than not life itself because then i'd be dead and i couldn't appreciate them but really 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 close and i'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen thank you so much to all of our five dollar a month patrons you guys are wizards you're champions you're heroes Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>